get that cough out. I might cough some more in this episode. I'm like getting a bad cold, but I'll do my best. Great. Not doing any cold. Hopefully no one gets me sick. Um, yeah, uh, I'm good to go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Alright, um, yeah, alright, give me count down. Let me cough and then I'll count down. Yep. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that's still trying to figure out how you change your clothes while sliding down a fireman's pole. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Here. Um, you are getting over a cold. Yeah, a little bit, right. so I hope my voice doesn't sound too weird. No, your voice sounds... Yeah. To me, your voice sounds fine. To them, maybe <laughs> different, but I'm going to apologize to everyone on, in advance that yeah. uh, Peter might I cough. I hope that it sounds gonna, serviceable, if well, nothing else. We're going we're gonna to try and have Ryan edit out coughs, and if I see it coming, I'll pause and let you okay, get enough. that in there. So, um, uh, everyone's getting sick right now. I just hope no one gets me sick, because I'm really enjoying, like, everything's just kind of great right now i'm just kind of like i'm just kind of smooth sailing yeah. in my life at the i moment, got so my sickness only lasted like two days where it was bad and then it's just kind of been recovery since then so i haven't it wasn't that it wasn't like i was knocked out for two weeks or something which is the worst so yeah. i haven't gotten hit with that fall time allergy yet so i'm just yeah so mm-hmm. um all right so what are we watching are we reading anything um i haven't been in my spare time i haven't had a time to watch a lot of stuff um I did watch the, uh, so I've been keeping up with the Scream series on MTV, um, and that, the newest I never, season. I, I love the Scream movies. I never yeah. watched so, the show. So they just dropped the third season on uh, Netflix, so we watched through that. And the thing about the Scream series is, I think all the seasons have like really good mystery stories involved, but... It's a teen show, like, it's a show that's aimed at teenagers, and there's bound to be characters that annoy you, and there's going to be things in it that you don't like, but if you just look at the core of the story, like, there is some cool mysteries in there. Um, The first two seasons all centered around the same killer, and uh, they actually changed up, like, the way that Ghostface looked and stuff in those seasons, like, there was a different kind of mask they used and stuff, which was kind of, I thought it was kind of inventive on their part part to kind of separate it from the movies, and uh, this new season, um, I mean, really, if I was gonna rate it out out of a 10... I'd probably give it, like, a six or something like that. <laughs> I didn't think it was the most amazing thing. But, uh, yeah, this new season still has just the traditional, like, ghost face killer we're all used to from the Scream uh, movies. But uh, the story, I actually wasn't, like, super on board with right away because I think a lot of the characters I didn't connect to in this new season. But by the end, I actually thought they came up with, like, a pretty clever story with, like, a lot of cool twists and just kind of, like... I don't know, it just seemed like it was pretty intricate the way it all came together. So it's one of those things where Scream, I think the hierarchy of Scream is like the movies are definitely first and foremost. But if you love the movies and you need to get a A little bit more, yeah, a little bit more um, go into the show. But then even with the show, I would probably rate it where I think the second season of the show is probably the high mark of it. And then the first season, and then the third season, I'd sadly probably put at the bottom of the (laughs) the, the list or whatever. But you can't watch the second season without the first season, but the third season's like a standalone thing. So that's my super long explanation about that show. Um, 
Otherwise, at work, um, we've been watching just a ton of Friends. So, like, that's kind of fun to just have friends going on in the background. And you notice didn't new you say jokes you were, and Didn't stuff. you say, like, like, a couple months ago that you were, like, friendsed out? I was really friendsed <laughs> out, but I think because I'm at work and I'm only dedicating, like, 10% of my, like, attention to the show, it actually works. And I know the show so well that it's, like... You're kind of on I autopilot can, and you're just ignoring yeah, it, knowing. I think, we can, and because I know the show so well, I can kind of follow along a lot better while working at the same time as sure. opposed to a show that I'd have to pay more attention to. But uh, I told you about the weird Phoebe fan theory in Friends, right? I think there's this so. weird, Refresh my memory. I so think there's this have. weird fan theory that, like, Phoebe is actually not part of the Friends group. Oh, and yeah. And that she's actually a homeless lady living on the street who's, like, staring in the window in Central Perk and just imagining she's part of the group. And ever since, like, I don't know, when I first heard about this theory, it, this theory, it sent chills down my spine, and I just thought it was so entertaining. But re-watching Friends, like, I just keep noticing little things where, like, I don't know, just there's so many, like, little parts of the show that I feel like go with that theory, like, uh, kind of like how Phoebe gets, like, weird crushes on, like, the male members of the show and stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird, because that could be, like, a homeless person, <laughs> like, on the outside looking in, getting weird crushes on the guys in sure. the coffee shop, and then there's, like, a lot of just weird, like, meddling she does as an outsider, where she, like, you know, everybody's discussing something, and then she comes in with some crazy idea right and it's like she's trying to meddle with the groups but with the group but then you notice that like most of the things she suggests never even has any consequences in the actual show like most of it doesn't even happen so then it's like maybe she is just somebody watching from afar imagining herself you know interacting yeah. with these people so i just keep noticing stuff and I don't think this fan theory is true, but it just has really tickled my imagination, and I'm enjoying, like, watching Friends through that lens, right. I guess. So. All right, I hear you. Um, but that's about it for me, honestly. Okay. Well, I uh, I decided I needed to start watching Stranger Things Season 3, and for some reason... Oh, I wow, did, finally. I know, right? <laughs> and for some reason, I decided to start with Episode 1, Season 1, and just go. Like a full rewatch, yeah. Leading into season, yeah. Three. That's that's a good way to do it. Um, I've uh, so I've watched all the season, all the seasons twice except for the third one. But like, because I watched the first season twice before the second season came out, just because like I couldn't wait and wanted to rewatch it, and kind of the same thing with the second one. But I definitely think it's such a short show, and it's so good right. that it's so easy so to rewatch. I'm about, I'm about halfway in. through season two. <laughs> Really, I, I just, I love this show, so I, I don't mind doing it. It's just like, oh, suddenly I'm deciding to make this move to do this. Okay, yeah. you know. Um, so eventually I get to season three, which will be great, but I'll let you know when I get there. So I've been watching that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, you, so you haven't gotten to season three. I haven't gotten there. I'm about halfway okay. through season two. I'm just saying, like, season I'm doing, like, three, a full rewatch. I will say this, um, and I don't want to say too much because you haven't watched it, so I don't want to say anything that will give it away, but the cool thing about season three is you can tell from the very first scene that the budget jumped up a lot. Like, they had a oh. lot more money to throw around in Season 3, and it leads to a lot of awesome special effects and a, lo a lot of awesome cinematography, which is great, so... Right. Um, and then I watch... Uh, I'm watching Star Trek The Next Generation right now. Okay. Um, I have this, like, I weird... 
I think I've talked about this before. Okay, because I, I was this, like, weren't you already watching that? Yeah, or you I just have watching this, that. Or? I just have this weird pocket right before I leave for work where I have the exact amount of time to watch one episode <laughs> of Star Trek. So for some reason, I decided to start watching Star oh, Trek okay. in the morning. Um, but I've just, I've realized that the one thing that they did with that show wrong is that they vastly underutilized the holodeck. <laughs> like, they don't use the holodeck nearly to the full potential that, like, I would have used it. <laughs> right. I would have walked in and went, hey, computer, load Halo, level this. <coughs> like, you know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like, I would, I'd be like, hey, hey, uh, computer, load up, and I'd, like, pull out books or television shows or movies or yeah. whatever the case may be. I guess um, you have uh, X-Men, the animated series for that with the danger room, but I totally get what you're saying. Like... I, I I was always fascinated with the holodeck as a kid, and I would always think, like, man, I would be using that thing so much if I could. And uh, I think it's just another thing where it's budgetary concerns. Like, you can't always have people, like, going to different time periods and exotic locations and whatever on the show because they have a, you know, a set budget and, you know, they can't always do that, I guess. Right. But. I just think it's, I just think it's interesting. I'm like, they're always doing, like, they'll, like, when they listen to music, it's always, like, super classical and orchestra and stuff, and then no one's listening to, like, actual music. Like, I wonder if Star Trek were made today. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, would you be like, I really want to go see Metallica, and then you just go into the holodeck no, and, the holodeck watch, and yeah. watch the concert. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no one, you don't, it's just... That's actually a cool idea, concept, to be honest. It's just, it's the one thing that, I think it's the one thing that really bothers me about the show. Um, so, but anyway. Yeah. Um, well, on the reading category, and I have actually had, I'm like, oh, wow, I have a lot today. Um, on the reading category, I finished that book, uh, The Secret Runners in New York. Yeah absolutely amazing like when you left last week i finished i sat down <laughs> i i closed down the podcast did what i had to do and then nice um, just read those final 50 pages absolutely amazing you asked me some questions though about how the time travel works and why because it was like i said it was like this weird ancient tunnel that was like buried under the city in new york and that kind of thing so what you're the basics the idea was is that the original inhabitants of that area of the world found the tunnel on their own and some of the drawings and like pictograms on the inside of the tunnel basically told a story that they discovered the magical powers of the tunnel and they were using it as a passage of rights for the young like hunters or whatever you know what i mean like you reach yeah. a certain age and you got to pass these trials and stuff they didn't really understand it but it's just that's what it was that's what it was used for that kind of thing what's interesting about that is it created this like uh, pseudo backstory for that but it made the time travel aspect and the mechanism that used the time travel so simple that as an author he created a set of rules that yeah. he could play by really easily and then just tell an exciting story yeah so I it was like more that. like hey this is a, just a simple explanation where like back to the future everything's simple mm. but it's so hyper explained that there's no like there could never be a plot hole so what he did was he basically said, let's make it less complicated but no plot holes because this is just super simple and I'll just tell a, easy, a yeah. fun story. And that's cool because so. then, I mean, from a writer's perspective, I could, like, I I don't know that I'm passionate enough about time travel to ever attempt to create my own time travel story, but right. I could imagine that would bring on so many headaches if you're going to take on that right. sort of right. subject and as I was, And I was in my head kind of breaking down the reasons as to why I would have made that decision or that or this decision or that decision. I realized, I'm like, wow, he just simplified it 
to like yeah. a small grouping of rules that are very easy to play with that don't allow for fractured storytelling and then you can just tell a good story yeah you know so it just made everything just flew flowed well and made sense it's just a phenomenal phenomenal book I highly highly recommend Secret Runners in New York awesome um, and then since I'm done with that um, I'm finally going to start uh, Peter J. Tomasi's uh, Batman and Robin run from the New 52 um, so I started it I'm about 12 issues in um, it's like 57 issues so I'm about 12 issues of that so, yeah um, so far amazing it feels like when i say amazing it feels like he took like the idea of what an adult version of batman 66 would be combined because it's batman and robin yeah combined with the animated series okay so it's like it's it's got that adult like level to it but it feels uh, very fresh and fun like a Batman okay. 66, in a sense. It's not campy, though. It's not meant to be funny. I can see it's that. Just... It's, yeah, it's like, uh, it has the sort of, like, joy of life that the 66 Batman has, but it's not, like, this tongue-in-cheek, like, right. sarcastic it's meant, to, it's meant to be. It's place, meant to be yeah. fun and exciting, and, you know, so... Yeah, that's basically... That's cool. Right. It's So far, it's really good. Is, um... So, like... I've I haven't read I've read some of uh I'm Scott. just I'm just behind on comics so yeah. I've read like some of the Scott Snyder uh, Greg Capullo run of uh, the new Fifty Two Batman and I haven't read a lot of the other Batman stuff um, so I have no idea like how the story you're reading is, is. well um, like Scott Snyder's yeah. stuff tends to be very dark yeah it's like he's it's like he went because there was a cool interview um that he did where he was talking about how his favorite his favorite batman the era of batman is the animated series so when he got batman as a job for dc he started writing he's like i'm gonna make batman the animated series but i gotta do it my way and it's very dark very violent but it's it's amazing yeah, yeah. like all the court of owls stuff and then the death of the family and then like it's just so good um so, yeah. I, I and guess then Batman like, Eternal, which I haven't read yet, but that's I guess what I was thinking is like I've heard good stuff about most of the New Fifty Two Batman stuff, and then other elements of the New Fifty Two like are just yeah. so give and take. I kind of still feel like Superman and the whole Superman family. I feel like DC didn't know what to do necessarily with a lot of those characters because like there, I feel like there's a hodgepodge that went on there where. Like Superman, for example, and I don't remember if it was Superman or Action Comics, but the writers changed so much, and they kept doing, like, just random things where it's like, okay, so, like, um, I remember when, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but, you know, Action Comics in the New 52 when yeah. Superman started, and he was, like, jeans and t-shirt and a cape. Right. Uh, Gr Grant Morrison, yeah, that was the uh, yeah, Grant yeah. Morrison started So he that, started yeah. it, and that was awesome, and he seemed like he had a direction he wanted to go, but then after a while, it's like, okay, well, now Superman is, now he has a regular costume, and then later on, it's like, okay, well, he's back to uh, shirt, uh, t-shirt and jeans, and he's got a shaved head, and I just remember, like, and he's riding a motorcycle for some reason, and people are getting, like, frustrated because it wasn't, like, a consistent direction, and I just, like... I remember being disappointed with the new Fifty Two because I felt like they didn't know what to do there, with the Superman I feel, family. I feel like in with the new Fifty Two, there's a couple areas where they were like, yeah. "We're not sure." But um, what's really interesting about the new Fifty Two era is that um, they 
because of the Flashpoint paradox, the Flashpoint book, whether you watch the movie yeah, or the yeah. Flashpoint or read the book, the Flashpoint paradox created this, like, it's basically like this alternate reality. So if you read the Flashpoint and then start reading New 52, the one area of New 52 that's solid straight through is Batman. Yeah. He's connected directly to the Flashpoint paradox. Yeah. And then all this other stuff is like fractured parts of the timeline until you get to the dark side war at the end of the new 52 and it kind of all comes together right and then once you read dark side when you read dark side war yeah and then you read rebirth number 1 your brain's going to explode because you're going to go oh good lord right you know what i mean well, that's how that i also kind of wonder and like despite like how well it was done or not i kind of wonder if that was just their kind of uh, get out of jail free card where after they were so far into the new 52 they're like okay well we don't know how to fix a bunch of this stuff so we kind of need a uh, sort of a soft reboot event to happen again sort of thing which is like it isn't good or bad but like I personally get frustrated with like too many reboots in comics and uh, so that's I don't know it's just kind of something that no I mean it's such a tangent but like I just get frustrated with too many reboots or Marvel like, reboots well, after every event and it's just like come on well stop. I mean that's and like I kind of just like why can't you just do it right the first time sort of thing I guess but I don't know it's, well the reboots are because <clears throat> they think to themselves what about new readers it's, new generations all that stuff and that's th- that's where reboots happen I think it's a little bit of that but I think it's also a little bit like issue one is gonna sell a lot like they know if the book has issue one on it everybody's gonna buy it where yeah. if it doesn't it doesn't necessarily so I think it's a little bit of both, so... Right. No, I know. Yeah, I hear <laughs> I know we don't have the answers, and we're not we, pulling we the don't. reins it's all at sp- the big two comic book companies, but <laughs> right. it's just some gripes that um, come up here and there. Well, talking about um, Batman and the New 52, um, that kind of is a really good segue into news. Um, did you hear the rumored um, uh, plot line for the Batman movie? Did you hear about uh, this? No. Okay, so the Batman, the Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves Batman yeah. film, is rumored to be the Long Halloween graphic novel. Oh, okay. Um, now, Long Halloween is probably one of the best Batman stories out there. When I heard this, I was just absolutely amazed and excited. Um, I know that Christopher Nolan, when he did the Dark Knight trilogy, he pulled uh, some of the Falcone family stuff for the Dark Knight trilogy. So when you're watching the Dark Knight trilogy and they're talking about the Falcone family, he pulled that from the Long Halloween. Yeah. But he didn't pull anything else from the Long Halloween. That was it. So if we're going to get an actual Long Halloween story, this sounds really cool. Uh, did you ever read that? I haven't read it, read through okay. Long Halloween, actually. but oh, This doesn't really spoil anything, but what I'm really curious about is how they're going to handle the story because everyone's in it talking Two-Face, Penguin, Catwoman, Joker, everybody's in this movie, or in this story. But it's basically this, uh, there's a murder that happens um, uh, on Halloween, and then it's like kind of an unsolved case, but the very next holiday would be Thanksgiving, right? A murder, uh, same MO, same murder weapon, same all that stuff happens on Thanksgiving and then on Christmas and then on Easter and then Secretary Day and then it's like we're like every holiday there's a murder from this serial killer and it becomes this crazy like serial killer mystery which is really cool and it just incorporates all these other villains and it's like who did it and that kind of stuff and 
it's it's really really great and it makes me wonder like they've only talked about Robert Pattinson yeah they haven't talked about other characters <laughs> so, so I'm trying to think of what Batman villains they've actually defined like in the movies and like I mean we don't know if this movie is going to be part of the DCEU I don't know if that's what it's called anymore like the well, DCEU but that's what I'm going to call it because it just rolls off my you tongue know, but if the Joker performs the way that everyone apparently it looks like it's going to perform in terms of box office and award season DC could basically be going look we're never going to be able to do a shared universe like Marvel did, like that game is gone. Like Marvel are we're way too far behind. Let's not worry about that, and let's just tell amazing stories. Yeah, you know, because well, because I was just thinking, like, if they do bring it into the DCEU, do they have to get uh, uh, Jared Leto back? And like, I'm trying to think, have they shown any other Batman characters? Like, they will, will they have they, to use the Suicide Squad Killer Croc? Was he in? Long Halloween at I all? I think so. Okay. I'd have to go back and so double there's, check. There's another I haven't, one, I haven't read it. I've read it like three times. I haven't read it in a mm-hmm. while, but so I think so. Um, but the idea is like, you know, they haven't talked about any of their cast members yeah. and how secret are they being with it. But so. And then at the same time, like Killer Croc and Joker um, are people you could recast too. Like you could paint any guy's face like Joker. And like, I mean, like I don't want to say like you can easily just break continuity, but like... If somebody shows up and they're dressed uh, like the Joker, you're going to buy it, you know. Right. As long as it's a uh, good actor. The scrutiny is is everyone just wants it to be perfect all the time. And, you know, when, as a comic book reader, there's certain iterations of, like, a character that I really like in terms of, like, the visual depiction of that character, but that comes down to specific artists, right? Yeah. But let's say, so, like, Zack Snyder and Greg Capullo wrote Batman, like, together. Like, Zack Snyder wrote it, and Greg Capullo, like, did the art. Together they worked for a while, and then they didn't work for a while. They didn't work on a couple books. Like, Zack Snyder went and wrote some Batman stuff with someone else as an artist. The interesting thing about that is that the visual look of some of these characters changed, but the writing didn't. Yeah. So, what's interesting is when you change an actor in these comic book movies, it's almost like the artist just changed. Right. Do you know what I mean? So, like, as a comic book fan, like, I'm kind of like, well, you know, I can buy it. Like, but you know, there's still I, I I can see that. Like, I like that logic. But then when you have Bruce Wayne and he's like outside of the Batman suit, and it's a different actor playing him, he at least needs to look the same. Oh like, no, I think you have he has to, get, to have the you same have to get, features. You have to, to an get extent. your character right. Like, there is there's a degree that you have yeah. to have it correct. Yeah, but, and I think Bruce Wayne because he. Besides, like, a haircut and, like, a chiseled jaw and a certain kind of build, he doesn't have, like, a lot of distinct features as opposed to somebody like Clark Kent who, like, you can see, like, you know, he's got the haircut, he's got the glasses. Like, I think a character like Clark Kent is easier to just, like, throw anybody into that situation and just, like, okay, that's Clark. Like, I can tell just looking at him. And Bruce Wayne, it might be harder to do that with. Um, But I guess, like, to bring it down to like something i wanted to say before is just that batman is so popular and everybody knows the batman characters so well i feel like doing a movie like long halloween or whatever story like if it was hush or whatever else where you're featuring a lot of different batman characters i feel like the time to do it is now because everybody already knows 
Two-Face, Joker, Poison Ivy, right. Catwoman. Like, everybody knows these characters, so why not just do it, you know? We don't need an origin story for everybody out there, you know? So Yeah. I don't know. I just I thought it was amazing. So, like, I... I'm really excited. So if we're really doing the long Halloween, this awesome. could be really, really cool. Yeah, um, it's a rumor right now. So <laughs> if you want to go check out the long Halloween, seriously check it out. Um, but I don't like today's rumors or tomorrow's spoilers. <laughs> um, so on the D- another thing on the DC side. So we talked about the CW crossover a few times. Yeah, Tom Welling is officially reprising his role as Superman. Oh, it's been announced. It has been announced that he Superman. actually will be Superman in the CW crossover series. So that means we're up to three Supermans <laughs> in the CW crossover Crisis on Infinite Earths, and that's amazing. Yeah, like, and I'm wondering if he's supposed to be like, because we have this, we have uh, Tyler Hecklin who plays Superman and Supergirl. Well, Brandon Ralph playing what appears to be Kingdom Come Superman, and I wonder if Tom Welling will be like Superman Prime or something like that. You know what I mean? Like just a mm-hmm. different yeah. iteration. Um, thoughts yeah, on that? Because I know you're a big Smallville guy. I mean, that'll be interesting. I um, I just think it's exciting. It's cool. I don't necessarily. Uh, I think we all saw it coming, and uh, okay. like I've said in the past, like I'm excited to see Tom Welling in the suit, but. I mean, if they wanted to give him, like, the role of Bizarro or Ultraman, I might think that's even, like, one more level of, like, obscure, nerdy points for me. But, sure. I mean, either way, it's it's awesome. I'm excited to see what's going on with this new special. And uh, as they release, you know, the ads and you start to see screenshots from it and stuff, that's when, like, I think I'll really start salivating and ready to watch this yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. you know. Um, <clears throat> so let's jump aside to the other side of the pond. Um, and talk about Marvel for a second. Um, first, let's talk about Black Widow movie. Um, this is technically a spoiler, but this is also really, really cool because we all saw Endgame. And it's the only reason I don't really count this as a spoiler because Black Widow takes place post the events of Civil War, but before the events of Endgame. So everyone's still alive in the Black Widow movie. Okay, so... Robert Downey Jr. is coming to Black Widow to reprise his role as Iron Man. Okay, nice. So, awesome. That's why yeah. I say it's technically a spoiler that Iron Man would be in the movie, but since we don't know the plot of the film, we don't know anything like that, like, yeah. and because of what happened in Endgame, it's nice to know Iron Man's going to be back for at least one more time. Yeah, it, it, I remember uh, on, like, if you look at old school, like, uh, Silver Age and Golden Age, like, comic book covers, they, whenever they had a crossover, it was always announced right on the cover, like... This, you know, this issue has Iron Man making an appearance and stuff. And, like, so that's why, like, with these movies, that stuff doesn't really bother me. Because we're right. just used to that, like, oh, sweet, Iron Man's in this issue. I'm definitely going to read this. So, right. yeah, I don't mind it at all. But, yeah, that'll be cool to um, see. Now, did you hear about the, <coughs> did you hear about the deleted Iron Man 1 scene? No. For the, <laughs> okay, so, apparently, this, re- this surfaced very recently. Um, and I have a feeling it surfaced because of, like, the Fox deal and right. because of what's going on with Sony and Marvel with the Spider-Man situation. But in Iron Man 1, you watch all the way to the end of the post-credits. You watch to the post-credits yeah. scene, and it's a scene with Nick Fury, and he says to Tony, he says something about, well, I need to talk to you about the Avengers initiative yeah. or whatever. He specifically says the Avengers yeah, in yeah, the line that... of dialogue. Okay. There was a different line recorded. There's another scene. There's a deleted <clears throat> alternate ending. And the line of dialogue is Nick Fury says to Tony Stark, "This is this. Is, I think this is really cool, and it kind of blew my mind. And I think it w- it's it's a little too fan service. Okay. And I really like what they actually went with better. Okay. But this is what this is what the line was. 
As if gamma accidents, radioactive bug bites, and assorted mutants weren't enough, I have to deal with a spoiled blat brat who doesn't play well with others and wants to keep all his toys to himself. Okay. So he's got a mention of the Hulk, yep. Spider-Man, and the X-Men in that quote, <laughs> and everyone would have lost their minds. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's really funny. I uh, I don't know which one I like better. I think, uh, <laughs> I think the thing about saying the Avengers initiative is something that is like a for like for the time that was like a forward thinking line where it's like here's this thing you're going to be a part of there's people in the audience that are going to know what that thing is but you have something to look forward to where that original line kind of sounds to me like it is a um almost just like a tongue-in-cheek joke for the audience. It's like, ah, I know Spider-Man and the Hulk and right, stuff like that. exactly. And since it has X-Men in there, too, like, you know that it's not going to be connected once you, if you know about right. who had the rights right. to those I like the, the line. And stuff. I really like the line. It's just the, uh, because of where, because it's all in hindsight getting this information, yeah. that original line is way better. I agree, so. yeah. But also not just because of how it sounds, just because it's, Hinting at future movies as opposed to just being a throwaway sort of gag right, or something right. like that. So. I mean, it still would have made a fun scene, but... Yeah. Um, another piece of Marvel news that kind of popped up, and this is this is 100% rumor right now because I don't know how true this is. Okay. Okay. Accor- this, is, this comes from comicbook.com, but according to a new, a new report, a Silver Surfer solo film could very well be in the works over at Marvel. The source, the comicbook.com talked to, suggests that while little is, while little details are known, it was heard that the studio is actively developing the project. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think we all want a Silver Surfer movie. I think in the, if you want to do, if you're going to bring in the Fantastic Four anywhere, that's where you're going to do it. That's just my thought. Okay. Um. So I don't know what you got to say about that, or if you have anything to say about it. Yeah, I just, that's where um, you start if you're gonna. No, do I mean, I just think it sounds awesome. I uh, Silver Surfer is a character that if they're gonna do a movie about him, it's gonna get really cosmic. It's gonna get really weird. I for some reason feel like I've heard that Phase Four is supposed to get really cosmic, anyways. So it sounds like it would fit in with that direction. It but does, and I think if the if Phase Four gets really cosmic, like we're all what I'm thinking it's going yeah. to. That's another reason why I'm okay that this Sony Spider-Man thing is doing its It's so thing. funny because I don't know how much more cosmic they can really get than, like, you know, Infinity War and the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and stuff. But, yeah, we'll see. But, no, I'm, I'm excited this, this for this. This is where I, Marvel fails. <laughs> they, shot, so. they shot their load with all the Avengers <laughs> stuff, and now they're going to go off and do Phase 4, and everyone's going to go, what are you doing? <laughs> no, um, I'm kidding. Marvel, you're doing great work. Uh, yeah, I'm really curious who they're going to get to play him, though, too. Yeah, yeah me too. And really then again, he could just be a CG character with a voice. Yeah. You uh, know what I mean? Like, they could very well end up doing that. That's true, but I'd imagine it'd be a Thanos thing where it's like, he's modeled after this specific actor, too. And oh, sure, sure. Even though he, yeah, all well, the stuff is CG. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure the Silver Surfer in the second Fantastic Four movie is played by simply a stuntman, but Lawrence Fishburne voiced the Silver it's, Surfer. Um, did he? Uh-huh. Okay, so from what I know, and I was pretty sure it was Doug Jones, who's like the guy who did, like, he played Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies. Oh, sure, and, okay. Uh, like, he did a lot of the creatures in Pan's Labyrinth. He works with Guillermo del Toro a lot, but... Yeah, yeah. 
I'm pretty sure that guy was the the mo mocap guy for the Silver Surfer okay. in that movie. Then th- that's cool, but then yeah, but he was the voice. The voice was, was Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. Okay, so I mean, yeah, this movie we'll see where they go with that, but I'm just thinking about it too. Like the Silver Surfer, like because of all the things he can do, which is like in a nutshell, like whatever the hell he wants, <laughs> like. Doing him in CG, I think, is, like, totally the right choice, you know? Like, right. I don't mind him being a full CG character, you know? So Me either. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's kind of it for Marvel. Uh, I got a couple more pieces of news that um, are kind of interesting. So, you like the Lego movie? <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> okay, the Lego movie is... The Lego movie, I haven't seen the second one yet. It's going to be on HBO soon, so I'm kind of waiting for it to hit HBO. Okay. Um, but uh, the Lego movie, in my opinion, is one of the most um, brilliant risks that Hollywood has ever attempted to take in terms of storytelling, where you find out that it's really a kid playing with his Legos. It was just a really cool pullback on it. Yeah. Um, it's just It was a huge risk on their part doing that, and it was just I just thought it just worked on so many levels. It was just fantastic yeah um so do you like funko pops <laughs> to an extent the yeah. pop vinyl figures yeah. um if you don't know what a funko pop figure is you clearly haven't been to a comic book store or, uh toys r us or uh, there's no toys i r think us, anybody really. listening i think to everybody this knows, knows what, what a funko yeah. pop is um so warner brothers is partnering with funko for an animated film led by uh disney and pixar alumni <laughs> i don't I don't know how to take that. I don't know what that means. I don't know, like, like oh, Lego, like a so, Lego movie. Yeah, they had all the characters like Batman, Superman. They had the Harry Potter characters. They had, you know, they had all these mm-hmm. characters from different places, and then they created a story in the world of Lego. I don't really know what the world of Funko is, <laughs> and I think that's why I'm baffled by this. Yeah, it's weird. There's definitely no lore to go off of, but... Yeah, I guess they have, like, all their character designs down already, but, yeah, I don't really Character know. designs are easy, <laughs> like, and it'd be kind of cool to see some of that. I just don't know... I don't know how that works. Yeah, uh, who knows? It's... I mean, they've made an Angry Birds movie, and, like... And the Angry from, Birds movie was actually kind of good. Yeah, I've heard... I haven't watched them. I've heard good things, and, like, I guess the guy who wrote the movie actually is, like, a really good writer and stuff, but, uh... Yeah, it's just... My point was, like, Angry Birds as a game, which you've played it more than me, so correct me if I'm, I'm um, wrong. But... I've My playing Angry Birds was very minimal to a point where, like, I've played I, it, but then I got to a point I'm like, eh, I'm okay. Okay, well, <laughs> so. I, I just know you've played it more than me, which is okay. barely at all, but my impression is that there's, like, zero plot to the game, and they somehow pulled a movie off based on it, so... <sighs> There's like 1% plot. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now they're so, going with 0% plot, I guess, and they have to come up with something. So right. I, li- I like the look of the Funko Pops, and I have a handful of them. I don't I don't have every one that I honestly would want. Because there's been some, there's been some yeah. that I'm like, ooh, I want that, and then no. There's, I have mixed feelings on Funko Pops. Some of them I think look cool. Some of them I'm... I don't know. There's some of them where it's just like a regular guy. Well, that's the thing. The like, like, the fr- and... like the Friends Funko yeah. Pops? If you didn't, if I didn't tell you that was Joey, you wouldn't know. Yeah, and, and I'm to an extent, I have a, I'm a bit like, why do you want that, like, you know, Chandler Funko Pop? But then, then there's ones like, uh, there's like, I've seen some like Pennywise ones from the new It movies, where those 
Funko Pops look awesome. And then right. I've seen, like, they've got, like, weird monsters from the, you know, World of Warcraft games and all sorts of stuff. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> um, I really like, they did a Batman animated series line, and I wanted to get all of them. That wasn't happening. Yeah. I did get the Batman, though, and that one looks great. Um, I have a couple Batmans, but that one looks probably mm-hmm. the best. Uh, there yeah, is the some- Star Wars ones are all really unique. So yeah, you know there is something too about the the large ones because they've got like the regular size small ones, and then they've got the next size that's like a six inch. Have you seen figure. the like like forty eight inch yeah. Funko Pops and like the-, the one that look like small children? Like, <laughs> well, there's something about those two that are awesome. Like I remember seeing one that was the Hulk, but it was like Gladiator Hulk from Thor Ragnarok, yeah. and I was just like oh, I just want that thing, like, on an end table at my house because it just looks so cool, and it's such, like, a something about that huge size with it. It's more of, like, an artistic statement than maybe the little tiny ones. But, yeah, I mean, it's, for me, I guess what I'm trying to say is Funko is, like, some of it I like, some of it I don't. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, let's move on. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) So let's talk about Star Wars real quick. There's two pieces of Star Wars I thought was really interesting. So, um... There's another trailer for uh, Rise of the Skywalker coming, or The Rise of Skywalker coming. Um, It is said to be the most violent Star Wars trailer of the Disney era. Okay. Um, I think... Of the Disney era, okay. Right. Now, when you look back at the other Star Wars trailers, um, like, before Disney purchased them, you have the... uh, you have like the Lucas like when Lucasfilm was making their trailers. I think the violent trailer was Revenge of the Sith. Otherwise, none of them were really violent. I don't even remember the Revenge. See, Revenge of the Sith. I don't even know if I saw the trailer for it. Oh, okay. Because at the time, I wasn't. I mean, I was like a senior in high school when that came out, okay. and I remember I was I wasn't watching a lot of movies and TV. I was kind of just out doing other things. But Revenge of the Sith. I was gonna see no matter what. So I don't know if I cared to go out of my way for it because like. I was there opening weekend, no matter what. Right. Like, and I know people talked about how that movie opinion. itself is the most violent of the Star Wars films. I don't know if that's the case now. I think but, um, um, implied violence, definitely. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of younglings that lost their life in that. Oh, movie sure, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I honestly, I think I, I, I kind of want to think that the the violent, the most violent Star Wars film, in my opinion, now would be Rogue One. But because that, oh, that's a, that's that movie itself is a war film. Um, but so I don't really know what this means. I don't know. I mean, are you ta- are we talking about per- most lives lost? I don't. What about I, like I'm also Alderaan? Th- I'm also. Well, I, I'm also no. I, see, but see. Force Awakens, they knocked out a whole system. Well, true, but I'm not talking (laughs) just... I'm not talking... Like, I don't know if I'd say that was violent so much as the brutality of what we saw in Rogue One. Yeah. Like, some of the fight scenes in Rogue One, those are brutal. Like, the attacks Mm -hmm. on the streets in Jetta City and stuff like that. Like, those are, you know, the the Battle of Scarif. Those are violent, like, battles in comparison to some of the other ones we've seen. So I don't... I'm not entirely sure on that one how I would word it. I just think it's interesting to say that it's the most violent Star Wars trailer of the Disney era. I'm very desensitized to violence, I think, because I don't even think about... Like, I watched Rogue One, and there was at no point I thought... This is really violent. <laughs> I think when it reaches an, a level of like excessiveness, I actually do take note well, of it. But there is, an, I don't. I think brutality is the best word. Yeah, because a lot of movies, when you watch them and you think to yourself, you know, even if it's a violent film, on a fantasy level, this stylized violence 
where you're like, well, those are fantasy weapons and yeah. all that stuff, and you know, you're gonna shoot a laser gun at someone. Sure, that's what happens, that kind of thing. Where when you go and watch something like Game of Thrones, I understand it's fantasy violence, but they swung a sword at a guy. And yeah. whether you're in a fantasy world or in real life, if you swing a sword at a guy and make contact, that is what happens. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, so maybe it's an issue of brutality more than violence. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know. I I guess we'll just have to wait to see the trailer. Yeah, I know. Find I guess, out. I guess <laughs> it's we just will. weird. And then we're gonna be like, "Whoa, that was violent." <laughs> I also don't. Yeah, I also don't know if they're just using it to hype up the movie. You know, like I mean, I, they do not need to hype up this. No, movie. I mean, Holy hype up God. the trailer. I don't know because like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't remember any of the Disney era trailers being that violent. That none like, of most of them just show right. Star and this Wars is and this is the point. And, and this is the point of the Star Wars movies now that I've stopped watching things. Like so, the next trailer, I have to watch it because they said that. Normally, I probably wouldn't watch yeah. it. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's there is some clout that's achieved from getting so many YouTube views on your trailer. And so if they put out an announcement like that, maybe they're just trying to build the hype just to have those, like, so many million views on YouTube and just kind of use it to just build general hype for the film. I know, like you said, like, both of us are there opening weekend as well for this movie, but I do know that, like, Last Jedi did rub some people the wrong way, and maybe Disney is just trying to go all in on this one and make sure that they can bring as many people to the theater as possible. Maybe. I think that this movie is, like, because Last Jedi is the second part of a three-part story. Yeah. And if you look at the original trilogy, Empire was the second part, and there were a lot, and their response um, with Empire in comparison, Empire was, like, people looked, people were split with Empire, too. Yeah. And they didn't suddenly go, oh my goodness, Empire is the greatest Star Wars film ever, until after Return of the Jedi came out. It was all in hindsight. Yeah. And um, now we're looking at, I think, I'm not saying The Last Jedi is going to turn out to be one of the best Star Wars films. I just think, in hindsight, looking at that pattern, people are going to look at Last Jedi differently after they see and, this. And, and I agree with you, but when you're in the middle of that trilogy, and you're Disney, and you're trying to get as much yep. people to come to the box office as possible, I think they're just trying probably some marketing strategies yeah, here. they probably you know? are. Um, and I totally agree. Um, on the same Star Wars front, how do you feel about Boba Fett? Um, he's cool. Okay. <laughs> he's cool. He's got a cool suit. He stands there. He looks menacing. Yeah. Um, did you ever... Scott, our brother Scott and I had this conversation about the possibility that the Mandalorian in the Mandalorian is Boba Fett. Yeah. I really have this feeling that he is not Boba Fett. I think he's his own thing. Yeah. Um, they talked a little, little bit about that at Celebration, but with no real confirmation or anything like that. Um, and uh, Pedro Pascal, who plays the Mandalorian, um, has this great, did a really cool interview um, and I have a direct quote here. So, um, and this is, this is a little bit longer of an expo, a little bit longer of points that he had talking about, um, the Mandalorian when he was talking about it at, uh, Star Wars Celebration. I just, I think it's interesting because I'm not, not, I'm not, not a Boba Fett fan. Like I like Boba Fett, but I think some of the books and comics and the way the fans have portrayed the character has kind of made him well beyond anything that the movies ever no, show yeah. so if yeah. you don't read those <laughs> Boba Fett is nearly not as cool 
you know, he looks cool, but he doesn't do much. Yeah. You know, so I think some people want him to be Boba Fett. This was an interesting quote about it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Pedro Pascal says, I wanted to meet John Favreau. I didn't care what he wanted me to do. So we met in John's office, which was covered with story illustrations from the show, and I noticed the Mandalorian, a Boba Fett-looking character. Immediately I thought to myself, oh, it's amazing that they're finally going to make, get this, sorry, they're finally going to get into this character. John talked about the story, visuals, and the tone. I thought it was amazing and finally asked, well, who am I? And I'm pointing at different characters, creatures, aliens, and the concept art. And John just looked at me and said, you're the Mandalorian. And I said... And I was like, what? I get to play Boba Fett? <laughs> yeah. And Favreau said, no, he's not Boba Fett. He's the Mandalorian. I couldn't have had, I couldn't have imagined a better moment. So to me, that says right now that Boba Fett and the Mandalorian are two completely different things. Yeah. Um, and if you've been listening to like Rebel Force Radio, for example, there's been a lot of talk about Mandalorian culture and what does it mean to be, you know... Are you following the Mandalorian way of life and that makes you Mandalorian? Or are you Mandalorian blood because you were born on the planet Mandalore and you were part of that culture, blah, blah, blah? Yeah. On that podcast, they're talking about a lot of that stuff and I've been listening to it kind of riveted. What I know is that if you pay attention to Star Wars canon and lore, Jango Fett is not a Mandalorian. Somehow he acquired the armor. Boba Fett is a clone of Jango, not Mandalorian, so that makes Boba Fett not Mandalorian, and he yeah. wears the armor. This Mandalorian is a Mandalorian, in the full sense of the word, Mandalorian. So I'm assuming he came from Mandalore, He's wears the armor, he was a part of the military, that kind of thing, and he's one of the last Mandalorians out there. That would be my guess, yeah. if I had to make any speculation. But it's it's nice to get like verbal confirmation that he's not Boba Fett. He's something but, new because I wanted him to be. I wanted him to be something new the whole time. I think I thought from the get go they kind of just said this isn't about Boba or Jango. This is a new story. New right. Well, they did, but I think there's people out there like after talking with our brother. I think that there's people out there that want him to be Boba Fett. I'm not yeah. saying Scott wants him to be Boba Fett. I'm saying that there are people that do want him to be. Boba yeah. Fett. Maybe it's just Boba Fett's like the Waluigi of the Star Wars universe. Maybe. And just people are never going to get as much of him yeah, as they probably. want. <laughs> probably. Um, um, I also wanted to say I'm really looking forward to the Mandalorian Season 3 Rise of Fett. That one's yeah. going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, after, we're going to, um, we need to discuss, uh, you and I after the show are going to discuss a theory I have about something. I don't want to say it on the air. Okay. So sorry listeners, that's something about something about Star Wars. I had an idea and I wanted to, but I, if I'm correct, it's a crazy spoiler. Okay, cool. So um, it's just a thought I had. So, um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk the list. Sounds great. Ready? Okay. Um, this was my pick. Um, Are we so going to roll anything? We do. Or? We have to pick. <laughs> you know what? I jumped this is the second yeah. time in like X number of episodes I've jumped the gun. So I'm. it's good track record. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to do the list now. Uh, Ryan, can you play the thing for me, please? Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so list time. So this was my pick. I thought this would be a weird kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I found this very difficult to do um, in myself. Um, I racked my brain about this list like pretty much every day all week trying to think to myself, why did I pick this hard list to do? Yeah. So tonight's list is top five fictional characters that we would want to um, interview on said on our podcast. 
So if we could invite them into the pl- oh, okay. uh, 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 invite them into our podcast studio and pick their brain about something and maybe do a special episode. Yeah. Um, so um, since it was my pick, uh, I don't have any honorable mentions. Do you? I have two, actually. Oh, interesting. So. You know, you're not required to have honorable mentions. I feel I just, like uh, it's just one of those things where I want to have the most to talk about as possible. As, as long as it's not like shark movies and I can't think of anything at all, I still... And this was a hard list, but in the end, I did have a little bit more than five, so I was able to tack sure, on sure. a couple. I can go through those really quick. Sure, uh, my first honorable mention, we were just talking about Star Wars a lot, and this one's slightly related, and that would be Hutch from the movie Fanboy. Um, I think all those characters in that movie are hilarious, but I think uh, Hutch has, like, one of the more bombastic personalities, and I think just having him on a podcast and listening to him ramble about, like, his crazy ideas about Star Star Wars Wars or his hate for Star Trek or, like, just all of it, like... (laughs) Yeah, that'd I'm be really sure funny. there'd be a lot of funny, like, pervy jokes that would make its yeah, way yeah, yeah. in there, and it'd just be a good time, I think. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my next one kind of is along the same lines, but uh, Deadpool, I think he'd be great to have in here as well. Um, and that's just the same thing. I don't have any specific topic I'd want to talk about him with. I just kind of probably want him to ramble on and just see where it went, but I think that would be super entertaining. Sure. So. All right. Um, well, what's... Uh... Okay, so my so first... It's your first. Yeah, my, my first pick. So you got to get first. Would be... Okay, so this is... Uh, trying to think of how to introduce this character. So this character isn't like... I, I don't think this would make many people's list, but it's just kind of related to things that I like a lot. But uh, I picked Banky Edwards from Chasing Amy. So that was... If you've seen Chasing that's, Amy... Um, that's Jason Lee. Yes, right? yes. So you have Jason Lee and uh, Ben Affleck in that movie, and they are both independent comic creators... And uh, they make the uh, Blunt Man and Chronic comic book. And Banky's the guy that everybody makes fun of at the beginning of the uh, movie saying, like, you're a tracer, you know, because he's the comic book inker. He's He's not the penciler. He just traces what the penciler draws. Um, But by the time you get to the end of the movie, um, basically how the movie's left and the impression that I've always got is that uh, ben Affleck's character, Holden McNeil, I always felt that he was going to distance himself from the independent comic book world. I always felt like he is kind of over doing the funny books and he's going to move on and maybe become a serious writer or a uh, independent movie creator. He's going to do something else, but he's kind of over this comic book scene that he's been a part of. But Banky, he's kind of like taking over his own books by the end and he's like He's the kind of guy who I think is going to be in that scene for a long time. And I feel like if Banky started making, I think his, uh, the next book he made after uh, Blunt Man and Chronic was called Baby Dave or something at the end of that movie. Sure. I like Chasing Amy a lot. <laughs> no, I like but, that. Uh, I love that movie, so I um, but But Banky, I think he's the kind of guy that back in the mid-90s he would be making this Baby Dave comic but if he stayed in the comic book world by today he might be the kind of guy that would be on the level of like a Mike Allred or uh, Matt Wagner or even like Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird like he'd be like an indie comics legend at this point so I think that's why I would think he'd be cool to have on the podcast to just talk to him about the independent comic book world and kind of hear some stories along those lines and stuff like that. No, so. that, that'd be that'd be a really fun interview. <laughs> um, so my first pick for the evening is Tony Stark. Nice, okay. Um, specifically the film version of Tony Stark. When I read when I read Avengers comics, I hate Tony Stark. 
Yeah. Like, I absolutely cannot stand him. He's, <laughs> he's like, one of my least favorite characters. I think characters. he's supposed... He's just... I mean, uh, the movie version is as well, but he's supposed to be so, like, uh, pompous and arrogant right. and stuff and like I think, that. And I think it's more... I think Robert Downey Jr. plays it so, like... Perf- like, he has such a charm to he, it, that, right? Like, exactly. Really, that doesn't that you don't get from the pages. Yes. So, like that's why I said that's why I wanted to clarify the film version of Tony Stark. I think it'd be really cool hear about the company, hear about becoming Iron Man, hear about forming the Avengers from his perspective. Like it'd be interesting yeah. to hear that. And he's probably the one that would talk. Like, Captain America, it's classified, can't talk to him. <laughs> Black Widow, she's not going to tell me about Budapest. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then Tony Stark's going to say whatever you want. Tony's going to say whatever. Like, you're awesome. like, hey, when did uh, when did you guys think uh, it was it was a good idea to bring Banner into the team? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you could ask that question and we can go from there. And, you know, seriously, what do you think of Thor? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like he disappeared after Ultron for a yeah, while. Yeah, no, you know, that's so. great. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think that's like one of those situations. It's like... Um, I don't know, it's just one of those, like, podcast episodes where you have, like, a government person who's, like, saying too much and you don't know if it's true or not. It'd be the same sort of situation. Right. Like, this guy's going to spill all the beans and but it'd be it's going to be But awesome. it'd be a funny conversation at the same time. It would be great. Yeah. So, yeah. That's an awesome pick. Yeah. Go. Awesome. Sorry, uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have too much more to say. I think that's a good good call, though. Uh, my next pick was uh, Tyrion Lannister. So, uh, Tyrion, I just thought would be cool... Uh, I mean, they're fictional characters, so they don't have to be in the same time period nope. as us. Okay. <laughs> you gave kind of like a weird look when I said that. The look on my face was, why didn't I think about that? <laughs> nice. And this is like another one where, like, I've watched Game of Thrones, and I don't know if there's anything about that story that I like. I don't know if I have to know about the ins and outs of that, but I think he's just the kind of guy that I'd love to have a conversation with. Like, you know... He has that famous line, everybody's heard it a million times, I drink and I know things, and, like, I want to drink and learn things with him on a podcast and just, like, kind of question him and see, like, he's either going to tell you about a bunch of stuff within the Game of Thrones universe that you don't know about that's super interesting, or you can just listen to him kind of, like, rattle off ideas that he just comes up with with his wit, and I think that would be really interesting, too. So, I mean, I don't know if you had any thoughts about that one at all. No, that would be fantastic to listen to. Yeah. Mostly because, like, he, he didn't get his name in the book in the end. He wasn't even mentioned in the Song <laughs> right, of Ice right. and Fire. Um, but hearing his perspective, and we got a lot of his perspective, but there's a lot of off-screen stuff yeah. that we don't get to see. And sometimes I think he's one who would be, it'd be cool to get his perspective on things that maybe aren't all, like, high fantasy, high stakes sort of, like, ridiculous stuff going on, and just to hear his perspective on, like, boring oh, daily life might just, be really interesting, Just his too. boring daily life dealing with the small council in season two. Yeah. When he had to deal with Maester Pycelle and Littlefinger and Varys and, like, trying to figure out yeah. which one was the mole and all that, you know, <laughs> that kind of bolt, that kind of uh, stuff that happened in the small council. That yeah. sounds amazing. So, um... Yeah, good call. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> Thanks. All right, so my next pick on the DC side of things, because I was I was like, Tony Stark would be a perfect <laughs> thing. I was like, who in DC could I really yeah. like pick their brain and really get some cool stories is Lucius Fox. 
nice. He yeah. is like one of the heads of Wayne Enterprises, but he helps Batman create all his tech. And does Lucius Fox know that he's Batman? Does he not know he's Batman? <laughs> what yeah. stories could Lucius Fox tell us? And that's where I went with that. So that's um, awesome. I was thinking, and honestly, I thought Jimmy Olsen for a minute, and then I was like, nah, I don't know if Jimmy Olsen would be that cool of an interview. So um, I um. I was toying with picking Lex Luthor for a bit, but then I also don't know how much would Lex Luthor actually say to right, us, you know. Right. But and Lucius Fox might not be able to say anything either. Yeah. But, you know, in the world of we could interview him and then not release the episode, like, maybe we can get some more out of him. Yeah. I just, it'd be really cool to hear about, hey, Bruce Wayne approached me about this thing. We didn't really know what it was. I, and then suddenly <laughs> Batman's flying around I the city with like, <laughs> you know, he's the kind of guy. And I'm really just basing this off of the Dark Knight movies. But, like, I feel like he's the kind of guy who would say certain things that happened, but he wouldn't. Like, he would just hint at it and let, like, us figure it out, you know, like, whether yeah. Bruce Wayne's Batman and stuff like that. But, I mean, the weird thing about that pick is you'd have to know that Bruce Wayne's Batman to even want to interview the guy in the first place. That's a good point. But then, I mean, that's really breaking that's this whole very, list concept. That's a very good point. Well, it's, ta- it's breaking this list concept down to, like, are we in the same universe as look, them? Like, do the we end, know at about the end of the day, things and Look, stuff? you just wanted to interview Tyrion Lannister. As far as I'm yeah. concerned... <laughs> Anything As far as happen. I'm concerned, we have yeah. broken the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. So, um, and fifth, and, you know, <laughs> a fourth wall break and a fourth wall break. Um, as Deadpool once said. No, I just... I just thought yeah. you could get some cool stories out of him in terms of. I'm know. just I'm just nervous about when people realize that me and you are really actors and we're not the people we say we are. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be a real twist. Don't <laughs> tell the audience that. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to edit that out in post. Okay, Ryan, I hope you heard that. Um, so moving um, on, yeah, moving on. Okay, so. You get you gave some DC love. I I love DC DC comics, but I actually didn't give them enough love on my list. But uh, because my next pick is a Marvel character, actually, <laughs> but I picked the Watcher. Oh, so I mean, you could ask me specifically which one. I'd probably just go with Uatu because he's like the main one. But this is a character who has observed so much about. And why I don't wouldn't know, why wouldn't it be Stan Lee? He's a Watcher. That's true. Officially, I guess I thinking, officially Stan Lee is a watcher. I was just watcher. thinking comic book world. And no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and that's that's very that's a very good point. But I just feel like the watcher is just something like I don't know if when we're interviewing him, if we're part of them, like the Marvel universe, or if we're in our universe and he's like visiting from his. But he has so much knowledge about the events that have gone on in his yeah. universe, whether it's like the superhero stuff or even if it's just like crazy historical stuff like i just love to pick a watcher's brain about like okay so what actually did happen in the civil war and like what even, even like our own historical oh sure questions he's he, gotta, would know the he would know to. the answer to he would know yeah. like everything so i mean he would know why the real would the real truths hey we have some questions because <laughs> of our sure. current administration yeah like <laughs> and i don't know if like and i don't know if he has like the charisma and cadence and stuff that would really captivate the audience. So I don't know if it would be a, an entertaining listen, but it would be super interesting just with the like knowledge levels that could be brought forth. So sure, if that makes sense. No, it makes yeah. perfect sense. Um, I go. Yes. All right. Um, I'm gonna jump. Uh, so a lot of times I think to myself when I was putting this list together, I was thinking about like sidekicks. Right. You know, like, for example, if I had Batman on the podcast, he couldn't tell me anything. He wouldn't talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but I was thinking, but I'm not going with a sidekick. I'm not saying Robin is my next pick. What I'm saying is I start, I kept thinking about sidekicks, like, who's the supporting characters 
that probably have the mm. stories from their perspective when I was putting yeah. this list together. And then I was like, then there was one character that stood out, and I was like, oh no, this is a guy that would have a lot of stories, and that would be Indiana Jones. Like he's not the sidekick; he's yeah, that'd he's, be the, awesome. he's the focus name. But in terms of what you were saying about talking history and talking, you know, all that stuff, because he's an archaeologist, because he's into history and stuff, you'd get a lot of that in conversation. But you would get to hear other stories. Like, what are the other Indiana Jones adventures that we did not get in the movies? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I watched a little bit of Young Indiana Jones back when it was on TV, but I didn't watch the whole thing. So what are the other things out there? You know, mm-hmm. um, There could be some really cool stuff you can get out of them um, in terms of Temple of Doom. You know, just in, in terms of that or, like, the Nazis and uh, uh, Last Crusade. So, like, finding the... Uh, finding the uh, the Holy Grail. What that actually was like. What did, did yeah, you exactly. feel? Did you feel something special when you drank from the cup? You I was know just what I thinking mean? Like, that, or right. like even like what did that water taste like and stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah. Was like it'd be really interesting to hear like even little details like that, but also like you said the history and like the other stories that he had. That's definitely an awesome pick. So. Yeah. Sweet. So moving into my next one, and this one's weird, and you're gonna have to hear me out. But the next character <laughs> I picked is Jar Jar Binks. And so, <laughs> so it's so like it's so weird. But how many times in real life do you hear about like some talk show or some podcast where they get like this like hated character. They get like some actor that everybody can't stand or something and then they do a, a deep interview with them and they get their side of the story and it ends up being really interesting. Okay. And it changes your right. perspective on the whole thing. And we're right. talking the look about, on my face when you said yeah. the name has completely changed and I'm And, kind and of we're talking about a character who is around, you know, he met um, at the beginning of Phantom Menace. He's been around since then and he's became and he, part of the Galactic Senate. We and know he, we know that he made it to the end of Return of the Jedi. We know that's he survived true. that. Yeah, far. that's true. And like even his his story, I know in the uh, in the new Disney like Star Wars books, his story ends up getting really tragic because I think he becomes like a busker, street performer on some random planet or something like that. I didn't that. hear anything about that. Oh, you haven't heard no. about that? Yeah, he's like a uh, he makes an appearance in one of the books. I haven't read this. I've just like heard about it. Sure. But he makes an appearance and he's like a street performer, like he's a juggler. Or something, trying to make his laugh. If it came from a Chuck Wendig novel, I definitely did not read that. Um, I mean, I don't know how much calf plays into it, if that's what you're mentioning. But but yeah, it's it's one of these things that, like, I thought kind of sucked because it almost, like, just, like, craps on Jar Jar a lot. Like, saying, like, yeah, he used to, like, be a senator, but now he's, like, gone down to, like, the lowest of the low. Like, he's a street performer, like, homeless guy on some random planet. Anyways... I just think it'd be cool to hear his story because he would know the ins and outs of the Senate. He not only took part in, like, the building of the Empire, but he would know all the ins and outs of that. And just, like, it'd be kind of funny, like, just to hear his other random details. Like, actually, you don't know this, but Obi-Wan's breath smells really bad. <laughs> like, he has, like, weird random stuff like that. So I just it'd, think, be, it'd be incredibly random. I just think it'd be cool, like, on the idea of, like, a perspective-changing deep interview. All right, like, all right. I'll, I'll give sometimes. it you. You've sold me on the Jar Jar interview. <laughs> and it was kind of like, I wanted to do somebody from Star Wars, and I'm like, Who's somebody nobody would pick, but actually could be pretty interesting, and that's kind of okay. You sold me on Jar Jar, so all right, I got <laughs> Fair you. Fair enough. Um, swinging back in my direction, and I'm going to keep it in the Star Wars 
vein. Nice. Because I, I really wanted to come up with a Star Wars thing, and I couldn't think of myself, like, well, like, who's going to, like, give me a story that I haven't really, like, gotten to hear? Um, but I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go with Ahsoka Tano. Nice. Um, specifically because Ahsoka was trained by the Chosen One. Well, what is that like? And I'm not, and I'm not saying the Clone Wars didn't do a good job of showing us that. Yeah. But what's the off-screen stuff like that we didn't get to see? Yeah. You know, like we didn't get to see them sitting in sparring rooms and doing lightsaber training or meditation training. Like we didn't get a lot of that. We yeah. got to see. We did get to see some instruction, but not much in comparison. So what is it like walking around the Jedi Temple knowing that you're about to be trained by the Chosen One because you've been <laughs> assigned to him? What does that feel like? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then suddenly you get to meet him, and he's not what you thought he was at first. And then you know what's that like? And yeah. you know what I mean. And her journey up to the point of um, spoilers, she leaves. Okay, so where'd you go? You know, I mean, we have that final season of Clone Wars coming, so we might get some of that. But where did you go? What was that like? And then she makes it into Rebels. She survives. If you watch the Rebels television show, she survives past Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. which is awesome that she's out there somewhere. I wonder if maybe she'll appear in The Mandalorian. Oh, that is that could a big be... rumor? No, I don't know. Oh, okay. I just thought about it. I was like, wow, could that be cool? That'd be you interesting. Know. It'd be interesting to see who played her, too, like who they yeah, yeah. tapped into to play uh, her. But... No, I just... Just things that she could tell us. Like, she met Chewbacca. She knew R2 and 3PO. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. all this stuff. Like, she knew... Did she know about Anakin and Padme's relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and you're picking a character that was like her lifetime spanned all three trilogies of the S- Skywalker saga, like you were saying. So like you'd be able to find hear about all sorts of different stuff, right? You know? And we don't That's know awesome. how like what we don't know about is how far she makes it into the organization of the First Order, but we know she survives past Return of the Jedi, right? So, yeah, yeah. So I just I think you get a really there's so much cool out of that story so yeah that's awesome yeah Yeah. that's a great pick so what's your final pick of the evening my final one is pretty goofy i don't know if it counts so i might have to shorten it no no okay (laughs) but uh it's actually uh jay and silent bob but that's two characters so well you know jay's gonna do all the talking so So if you want to shorten it to jay that's fine but uh this is another one i just i like jay and silent bob a lot um and I just think it'd be fun to hang out with them. <laughs> That's kind of like certain people I looked on the on the list was just like, who'd I want to hang out with? But uh, I'm a big fan of like, uh, they never post episodes anymore, but Jay and Silent Bob Get Old is one of my favorite podcasts. And I legitimately think Jason Muse is a really entertaining guy to just listen to him ramble about and stuff. And I just think, I just think it'd be funny. Like, it'd be cool to just have an interview with them. There's not necessarily any deep meanings i'm searching for or anything like that i just think it'd be an enjoyable experience so sure um well my final one and it's going to make you laugh is uh chandler bing okay nice yeah Um, (laughs) i was thinking about that uh because friends was on uh, the tv in the background and i was and i'm like i bet he would be the best interview in terms of that group Again, because of all the off-screen stuff that we don't get to see. Like, the between-the-episodes yeah. stuff. Like, he'd be a perfect... Like, he'd be great. Like, <laughs> Ross is an idiot. I don't want to talk to Ross. He'd, he would bore me and drive me nuts. And Joey wouldn't... I don't think would flow well in conversation in comparison. But, right. you know. Um, I think Chandler would have just a unique take on the group. Yeah. Mostly because of his humor. But, um, 
Yeah, so I went with Chandler Bing. I don't know, like, if you have any. You know what? He like, could tell us, though, the truth about Phoebe. He could tell us. He, <laughs> he could, could tell, tell us. What's he could tell us the truth about there. Phoebe. No, I mean um, that that that'd be really funny. That's you're. I think you're right. Like Chandler would be one of the better personalities to have, like in a podcast interview. Monica would be uncontrollable because of her like control freak like aspect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like so Phoebe doesn't really exist in the show because of the theory. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean that's that's not necessarily true, but it's just um, yeah, I, I get why you'd pick him and I think he'd be really good. I keep thinking about how Chandler is it's you wouldn't think he would have that good of personality for it because he's kind of like a random guy at an office job, but he like totally does. So I mean that's kind of cool too. Right. So I think of the group Chandler uh, I think Joey would try the podcast, but I think Chandler would have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joey um, would do the do our podcast for exposure or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So uh, that was the list for the night. Um, it is your pick for next week. What are we doing? Awesome. Yeah, this one is a very hard one. So oh, great. We live in a world of sequels and reboots. And remakes and... And adaptations. and adaptations. So that's why I want to think of our top five movies that aren't sequels, reboots, or adaptations. Top five favorites that are not? Yes. Now here's the, the clincher. Okay, hold on. When you say adaptations... Not based on a book or a they true have story. To be, or... They have to be written for the screen? Yes. Oh my god, this is a hard list. So now we can make it extra hard or easy because me and my friends were discussing this. And we were trying to do things that don't have a franchise either. So it's just a one-and-done movie. I think... But if you want to do... Non-adaptations is going to be real hard. Because so much stuff is based... Like, and I'm not talking about comic books. I'm talking about just novels. Yeah. That's just going to be really hard. Um, and of true stories, like, based on a true story and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, that's going to be really, really difficult. I mean, I could probably pull it together. There's one automatically that comes to mind it's the most successful independent film of all time <laughs> right right um, but i mean but do, i'm gonna save that for next week because i do, guarantee do you want to limit list. it to no like sequels after that like a one and done film or do you want to do sequels are okay uh, sequels would have to be okay because okay because we, we i was i was discussing this with uh friends you'd and have we, to you're, you're gonna have to allow sequels <clears throat> that's fair yeah uh, okay, that's fair. And then it's like, if you can actually find ones that don't have sequels, I guess that's extra points. I, I would, yeah. Me and my friends were discussing it. We found extra one. Extra points for scoring these now? Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> we actually did find one movie that's really interesting that was made for the screen, and like we even thought it was an ad- adaptation, and it wasn't. So this is kind of a teaser for next week, because it'll probably make mine. But yeah, this one's a bit of a challenge, but I think it's entertaining yeah, to this, do. A lot of horror movies could make this list. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Um... But it's also just something that proves that it can be done. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so not everything has to be a sequel, a remake, or an ad- ad- adaptation. So, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> you're, you're starting to dread this. but I'm starting, to, dr- I'm starting to dread this. And I'm starting like to you think... said, there's a lot of horror movies. There's a lot of independent movies that would fit into this. You just kind of have to... Dig a little deeper, and I'm sorry for this. Uh, nope, daunting task. So, um, no, it's all good. Um, well, how about this? That's going to be a hard list. That'll be an interesting conversation for next week. Um, 
and some of these movies I have a feeling we could have talked about already. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Just because there's a couple rattling around in my head that I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so how about this? Until next week, check us out at our uh, website, topfivereport.com. There you'll find me. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm not. Nope. You're interrupting bad. the outro. It's fine. <laughs> Can I make one addition to the list? Sure. I think we should do it. It has to be the first in the series, then, if it's oh, not. Oh, absolutely. Okay. That, right. that makes sense. Okay. And carry on. Sorry about okay. that. Okay. So, until next week, if you'd like to uh, <laughs> check us out on our website at Top 5. Wait, one more. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> check us out at our website at top5report.com. Uh, there you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook. You'll also find a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Feel free to interact with us on the show there. Hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Um, we are on Stitcher, Google Play. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. If you subscribe to us, uh, you will not miss a single episode. And there you can uh, leave us a review. We love the five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better um, and makes the words we say sound important. Um, if you want to follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram, it, I am at Drew3927. Peter? Oh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be petitioning against the or against all the violence that is certain to show up in the Funko movie trailer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.